love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. One more time. Come on, everybody. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. It is two sides of the same coin, and isn't that beautiful? And when we think about relational wholeness, and you might say, oh, we, we read that scripture all the time here at Crossroads. And that's what we want to say, yep. Because Jesus said everything hangs on these two things, loving God and loving people. So you could quote me the entire Bible, but if you're not doing that, you're not doing the Bible right? So if I, if I get up here and preach and preach and preach, and then I treat my neighbor in ways that are evil, um, or I, I am unwilling to uh, help my neighbor or even ask God, God, who is my neighbor, by the way? Who's my neighbor right now? Who's the neighbor? We, we did this with a group last week, and there was a young woman who said, oh my gosh, it's my six-year-old is my neighbor right now. Right? And sometimes when you read the scripture, you're going to hear about a different neighbor. So we're just going to say to you this morning, our God, that we have no idea what you have in store for us. But we know you are good, and we know that we love you, and we want to love you more. We know that we love some people, and we have a harder time loving others. And we want to love people more the way you intend, God. And so today, we just ask in humility that we'd be able to hear the voice that can strengthen us in ways that are above and beyond human doing, but that your Holy Spirit would do a miraculous work in our midst today. And we pray it in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And everybody said... Amen. Well, you can be seated. Um, I love this scripture from Romans 5.11. It says, so now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. So the relationship that you have with God is not only um, God as God, the God of angel armies, and don't forget that title, Don't forget that God is the creator and sustainer of all things, right? I mean, God God gives us so many ways to see the reality of God, but today I want to see the relationship. Can you all say relationship? Because we're looking for relational wholeness. And how many of you have holes in your relationships? So maybe not everybody's going to admit it, but I bet there's a hole or two in your life where there's some things that you could use to get just plugged up, you know, or maybe it's your relationship with God, that that's not completely cohesive at the moment. Or, or maybe it's your relationship with yourself, that you don't love yourself as you love God. So let, let's just let the Holy Spirit be in charge today. I recently saw from the Barna Group that 82% of the church attendance is flat or declining. Do you guys know that? Yeah, that's the new statistics, post-COVID statistics in May. 82% of capital C church 
attendance is flat or declining. I, I think that should cause us to say, God, and what do you want me to do about that? How might I be a part of this relationship here and here between you and me and me and we? Like, how can I be a part of what is happening right now? Because I'm, I'm just not one of those people that gets freaked out because I know that God always has a plan to reach people. I don't know if you guys follow the lectionary, but Scott and I read the lectionary every day, which means we read through the great themes of Scripture every year. So we never skip any of the themes that we don't want to look at. We read all the scriptures that are hard and challenge us, and we read all the scriptures that we just go, oh, that felt good, you know. And so this week was the one about, you know, I taught Ephraim how to walk, and I held Ephraim up to my cheek like a parent who holds a child tenderly. And even still, he went after false gods. And I think, isn't that, isn't that amazing that God still wants to draw us close when we get all whacked out? That when we start going after things that do not satisfy us, God's still reaching out, wanting to pick us up like a parent picks up a child and holds the child up to their cheek. So I want to say that, you know, we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because, our, uh, because the Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends with God. And I want you to reflect for a minute. How do you treat God these days? And how do you treat your friends these days? You might want to take a note or two. Just reflect on that. It might be something, you know, there's... Um, have you ever had somebody really close to you and you noticed that you just weren't treating them that great? So I'm the only one in the whole room. You know, sometimes in, in my marriage with Scott, I'll be like, I am taking care of this, 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 and this, and I think I've said hi to him twice this week, you know? And so I, I get to consider that. The people in your life that are really dear to you, like, how am I treating my friends right now? And then how am I treating my relationship with God, right? Like, how close do I feel to God right now? You know, what's, the, what's the way I'm relating to God? And, and take that as a time of reflection. And we'll have these reflection questions for you online later today. I want to say a good relationship with God is good news. Can you say that? A good relationship with God is good news. And the good news will continue to be shared by good friends who refuse to let the bad news define them. So I, I'm just saying 82% flat and declining, I just want to say, I'm not going to let that define the story of the church. I want to say, okay, so if we're all running off doing other things, maybe we could just say, maybe I'm supposed to bend down and pick somebody up and bring them to my cheek and say, how are you doing? How are you doing right now with your relationship with God? Because the good news will continue to be shared by good friends of God who refuse to let the bad news define them. I mean, if we let the bad news of what's happening in our world right now define us, everybody, let's just go home and go to bed. You know what I'm saying? It's like that just, just, I mean, if we're going to let the bad news define us, we're going to be exhausted. But if we let the good news define us, I'm telling you, it's another kind of energy. 
that when I reflect on the good friendship with God and then the friendships God gives me with other people, it gives me some good juju, right? When was the last time that you were with somebody that just made you feel like your best self? And whoever that was, call them today and say, can I come over? Right? Because we need people in our lives that will just lift up our heads and say, the good news is, when it's shared by good friends, we will not let the bad news define us. Okay. That's a good news. Go ahead. Say, good preaching, Claire. Keep going. Carl Rayner said this in the 60s, the devout Christian of the future will either be a mystic, someone who has experienced something, or will cease to be anything at all. You know, what, you know what he's saying here? If you haven't, if you're not experiencing relationship with God, you'll become an atheist or an agnostic. Or what do they call those, Scott? Um, uh, something kind of atheist. Frederick Beekner. John Ortberg. I'm trying to click your neurons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Functional. A functional atheist. You know, and so people may be going to church, but they don't have any conviction that they're in relationship with God, like with the God of angel armies, with the God who is our friend. I mean, I, I, when I think about this, I think, you know what? I want to be a mystic. And don't look it up in Merriam-Webster's dictionary. Understand the original language that this is about understanding that our God is mystery. If you read the Bible, have you ever read the Bible? I mean, people get transfigured on mountains. They get translated to other cities. Axe heads floats. Mud cures blindness. I mean, this is a mystical faith, everybody. Are, are you with me? Because I'm not really interested in doing some perfunctory faith at all. Scott and I, if we were to chart, and we probably should, all of the miracles that we've seen take place over the history of our lives, from blind eyes opening to people who should be gone, that God healed, to marriages that should have failed, to people that should never have gotten healed from the trauma they experienced in their childhood. I'm telling you, God is mysterious. And I'm not interested in just reading a bunch of blank words. I want the God who does what only God can do to be the God of my life. And so I don't know about you guys, but I'm not going to be a functional atheist. I want to believe someone, I have experienced something with God. And so could anybody just give me like a high five if you've experienced something with God in your own personal life? Right? Yeah, go ahead. Put your hands together. That's exactly right. And when I think about the Lord, how he saved me, how he raised me, how he, come on, Jeff, filled me with the, how he healed me to the uttermost. When I think about the Lord, how he picked me up and turned me around, how he's placed my feet on solid ground, it makes me want to shout, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, you're worthy of all the glory, all the honor, all the praise. 
And sometimes, God, I forget to think about the way you've saved me and raised me and how you've filled me. I, I forget to think about how you've put friends of mine feet on solid ground. And I don't want to treat you like a book and words that are lifeless. And I pray, God, for our church that we would be people who would believe in the power of God and the relationship with God that is conduit for that power. I want you to look at relational wholeness for a minute and the way of Christ. We have a vertical relationship with God, and we have a horizontal relationship with God. The vertical relationship with God is about your prayer life. It's about your communication with God, both listening and talking. It's about when you open up the sacred text and read the words of Scripture and let them transform you. It's about this relationship, like what only God can do when we trust God in prayer and in reading, right? It's about connection and communication with God this way. And then there's the horizontal relationship, the giving and gathering. Can you all say giving and gathering? It's about action and connection with your neighbor. I used to love what, Jeff, uh, what uh, Greg Rosebush would say. He says, when I come to church, I'm looking for God. When I leave church, I'm looking for people. I just loved that. It was like this gave him a way to connect with God so that when he went out in the world, he was saying, how am I going to connect? And I just want to ask you, how are you doing? How are you doing with your connection with God? If you had like a scale between, you know, 1 to 10, just notice without judgment. Don't get down on yourself, but just notice where are you? How connected are you with God in prayer and reading right now? How, how alive is your heart? as you're praying and reading. How's vertical going? How are you treating God these days? And then when you know, just know that even, even like, like God said, you know, I taught Ephraim how to walk, even though he was running after these false gods, and I brought him right up to my cheek. Don't let the evil one keep you away because you want to give yourself a one or a ten, depending on how you want to use the scale. And then how are you doing with people, like connecting with your neighbor? How's, how's the love going horizontally right now? You know, first, this, this vertical love, it has to happen in order to sustain this kind of love. Has anybody ever noticed that? I'm telling you, I've been married to Scott for 40 years and married to you, Crossroads Church, for 30. And I would not love you like I do if this wasn't going on first, you know? I just, that's, a, that's what I know. It's what I know because when I'm paying attention here, God's reminding me of how much God loves the little Ephraims in my life, whether they're the youngest grandchild or the oldest. You know, I, I, I went into the office this week and Caleb uh, Livingston was sitting there because his mom works and during summer, you know, everybody's staff can bring their kids and grandkids. It's, it's a blast. And Caleb was like, um, Pastor Claire, do you believe in aliens? And, um, and I said, well, that's a really interesting question, Caleb, because I know he loves, like, really cool sci-fi stuff, and he's into documentaries. I mean, he's just, he is a genius, isn't he, Ryan? He is. He's a genius. He's a total genius. And he said, um, so I know I'm being tested here. 
You know, like I'm either going to be legit with Caleb or I'm going to lose my position of authority, you know, or influence is a better word. So I said, you know, Caleb, that's a great question. I mean, think about the universe for a minute. Oh, my goodness. It's vast. And then there's like openings in the universe, and there's more universes. And God did all that. I mean, who knows what's out there, Caleb? But here's what I do know. I know there's angels, and I know angels show up. And I wonder if sometimes people have thought that alien, or that angels were aliens. I don't know, because I bet they looked weird at the time. Or maybe they didn't look weird, or maybe they were, like, really scary where they had to say, peace, be still, be not afraid, like they do in the Bible. I said, all I know, Caleb, is God is awesome, and anything is possible with God. But one thing I do know, you don't have to be afraid of aliens, because God you are a child of God. You are a friend of God. And so he's like, yeah, yeah, this is really cool. And, it, and I thought to myself, um, I remember as a young parent, I thought I had to have every answer. Does anybody know that? Like, oh, my Lord, if I didn't have a chapter and a verse on it and six scientific proofs, I was not going to answer the question. I would just say, well, nobody can know that. But now I want, I, it's like I I love that we can have kids wonder. And I want to say this, everybody, with all the things that you do right now, when you FaceTime people, did you ever think that was possible? Do you think you could FaceTime with somebody in Italy? I want to say keep your kids mysterious. Let them wonder about the power of God. Take them to passages that let their jaw drop and say, oh, my goodness, like how did God bring... Moses and Elijah back on a mountaintop. I mean, that's cool. I would love to see that. And then to even pray. I remember when I was a young Christian, I used to pray all the time. I want to see an angel. I don't want to see a demon, but I want to see an angel. And I used to pray it all the time. And I'll tell you, not today, but I'll tell you another time about some close encounters that we've had with angels. And I just want to say, friends, this here. This relationship with God will help you with this relationship here. Because in case you haven't noticed, people are weird too. Right? And the only way we can keep loving the horizontals is if the vertical is helping us. Because there are people that they don't think like you, walk like you, talk like you. They are not, they, you might even say, are they seriously the same, in the same family? Or believe the same Jesus I do. I mean, you might, these people are weird. And you just want to say, listen, if we're open to mystery with God, God will show you some mysterious way to love a person that's difficult to love. We've got to have the vertical and the horizontal. So here's my vertical response. Will you stand and read it with me? Or maybe you want to kneel. Here's the vertical response. Now, if you're an athlete, you might say, how's your vertical? You know, my grandson does those boxes things where he jumps up on boxes so that he gets a lot of height, and you know, so his vertical is up so he can do dunking. But I want to say, how's your vertical, everybody? Right? How's the vertical? Here's my vertical response. Ready? 
My response is to get down on my knees before the Father, this magnificent Father who parcels out all heaven and earth, and I ask him to strengthen you by his Spirit, not a brute strength, but a glorious inner strength that Christ will live in you as you open the door and invite him in. And I ask that with both feet planted firmly in love, you'll be able to take in with all the followers of Jesus the extravagant dimensions of Christ's love. Reach out and experience the breadth. Test its length. Plumb the depths. Rise to the heights. Live full lives, full in the fullness of God. And so just take a moment and breathe that in. And say, God, I have not been looking at you as the God of the heights and the depths and the breadth. I have not been, I have not been in awe of you lately. And I want to know this great God, the God who was and is, the God who is even now. And God, forgive me for the ways that I have paid no attention to you and run after other things. Can you just ask God to forgive you for the ways that you thought other things could satisfy you? And the depth and the breadth and the length that each of us is looking for is the love of God. This is a wholeness in relationship. I'm going to ask you to begin to open up your communion elements. And we're going to hold this bread. And say, this is the body right here. Christ, you gave your body. On the night you were betrayed, you you took bread, you broke it, you gave thanks and said, take this, all of you. Thank you, Jesus. Eat. This is my body broken for you. And I I just want to hold this for a moment and think of the broken body of Christ given for us. This is the height and the, and the depth and the length and the breadth for God so loved. This is relational wholeness, Lord Jesus, that we would not just eat bread, but that we would fall in love with the one who gave and continues to give. Lord Jesus, when we forget and we go after other things, remind us of the depth of your love. And would you just, as you're holding the bread, as just a symbol of God's deep love for you, just say something true to God. Be as honest as you're able. about how you want to know God's love. Just in your own heart, 
tell God I don't just want to go through the motions say to God I want a vertical connection I want to remember you however you want to say it I don't want to decline or flatten out in my walk with you Together we receive this gift, Lord Jesus, as a sign of our desire for you. After supper was ended, Jesus took the cup, you lifted it up, You said, take this, all of you, and drink it. This is the cup of the new covenant written in my own blood, which is shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. And every time you drink it, every time, remember me. And so can you hold the cup and can you just allow yourself to connect with what was done for you? Not in mind, but let your thoughts descend down into your heart here. All that you've done for us, Lord Jesus. We want to plumb the depths and the height and the length and the breadth of the love of God. And together we give thanks and we ask for forgiveness. And we give thanks. And we ask for forgiveness.
maybe bow your head and feel your feet firmly planted on the ground here, knowing that this is now a time for us to know where we stand with God and then to have a horizontal response. That God, that we don't just want to come and worship you and leave and not live for you. And so from Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 3, this is the horizontal response. I want you to get out there and walk. Better yet, run. And maybe on water, you know, out on the water when God calls you. On the road, God called you to travel. I don't want any of you sitting around on your hands. I don't want anyone strolling off down some path that goes nowhere. And mark that you do this with humility and discipline. Not in fits and starts, but steadily pouring yourselves out for each other in acts of love, alert at noticing differences, and quick at mending fences. I want you to get out there and walk, friends. This is what the scripture is telling us. I want you to get out there and walk, and better yet, even run the way that God called you to travel. Don't be sitting around on your hands. Don't be strolling off down some path that goes nowhere. I want you to get out there and walk.
So, Lord, even now we bless our friends, those in the room, those online, our children outside and the volunteers outside. We bless them. We pray that our faith would be made stronger, that our vertical connection with you, O God, would be this ongoing, beautiful conversation of coming closer and closer to you. And out of that, even as your word says, uh, we receive the impartation of a servant. Even as you spoke that over the disciples and you speak that over us, we receive the heart that you have for people, the love that you have for people, the love that you have for us. Let us walk in it. So we bless our friends and we run into this week with faith and with expectation and with encouragement. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Be blessed, everyone.